You have to know that your journey is yours and stop comparing yours to other people. You're wasting your energy by putting all of your energy into things that you have no control of. Hey, I'm Ashley Agle. Some of you might know me as Ashley Burkhart, and I'm a former D1 and professional softball player who spent a few years coaching in the college game before deciding to put all of my focus into youth softball players and helping them make their dreams and their goals happen for them. It's our job to help them unleash their potential and become the athletes they've always dreamt of. I come from a small city in the Midwest and didn't let that stop me from making my goal of playing D1 softball a reality. No matter where you live, you have the tools to help you thrive, and I am hoping through this podcast to help you get there. On this podcast, you'll learn from Olympians, Hall of Fame coaches, and elite players what their journeys have been like, and you'll also learn from me and my family a bit of our journey through the game. I'm so excited to have you here, so whip out your notebook and let's learn how we can grow in this game together. Welcome to When the Cleats Come Off. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of When the Cleats Come Off. I'm your host, Ashley Agle, and we are getting close to the holidays. If you are listening sometime in December, maybe you're doing some reflecting on your personal journeys. So today I wanted to devote an entire episode strictly to reflecting on your journey and realizing no journey is cookie cutter. And every journey is different and special and unique. And today I'm going to share a bit of my journey but also how you can maybe plan your journey to be the way you want it to be rather than what other people think it should be. Your journey is unique. Your journey is special. You deserve to have the journey that you want to have and the experience that you want to have. A lot of people undergo a lot of stress, especially this time of the year, because we're coming upon another season, another big year that maybe it's a huge year for you recruiting wise, or just all in all, you're on a new team. You want to make a difference. I want you to be able to own your story. And today we're going to kind of dive into how you can do that. All right. So let's start with my journey. (laughs) I've shared it many times in many interviews and even in some solo episodes, but my journey is weird and unique. And it's so different than my two other sisters who ended up playing D1 sports as well. I figured it was pretty, it would be pretty cool to dive into my personal journey of playing softball so that maybe you can relate to some, or you realize your story is different. And that is totally fine and totally okay. I'm probably going to say that a million times today, but I figured it would be interesting to maybe share my journey step-by-step and maybe it's some of it's helpful, maybe some of it's not, um, but just take away from this as you may. And just let's, let's just talk about it. So I grew up in a neighborhood with a lot of boys, (laughs) like a ton, and they would always play outside. They'd be playing basketball, kickball, wiffle ball, literally any sort of ball sport, you will see them playing it. And we played in the street, we played in some neighbor's yards, and you know maybe I was attracted to playing with them just because it looked fun, or maybe it was because there weren't many girls on my street, I don't know, but being, you know, the as athletic as I am, I think a lot of that I can attest to growing up on a street with a bunch of guys that played sports. 
So after that, I found myself playing all the sports. My parents signed me up for everything. Um, I tried swimming for a second. I tried tennis for a second. Um, But the three sports that I ended up falling in love with and playing the most, especially when I was around like fifth or sixth grade, was volleyball, basketball, and softball. And when I first started playing all three of those sports, they all had the same amount of love from me. I loved every single one of them. I played a little bit of travel ball in each of them before deciding that it was time to dial down to softball. Um, so as I, when I played all three of those sports, it was like fifth, sixth, seventh grade. I was strictly focusing on each one of those sports in the season that I was in. I had no goal to play in college yet. I just wanted to be an athlete and I wanted to be a great volleyball player and I wanted to be a great basketball player and kind of own who I was on each one of those courts and on the field in softball. So that was just, I wanted to just be transparent and let you know, I had no intention of playing college softball until at least my freshman year of high school. So after playing AAU basketball, a little bit of travel volleyball, I go into high school and I realize I want an entire like third of my year off from playing games. So that's when I gave up volleyball. And a lot of you know that I'm almost six foot tall and they're probably like, why? Why would you do that? Well, I really did. I wanted a semester and I had a conversation with my dad. I wanted a semester where I didn't have to compete. And so I decided I was strictly going to be a basketball and a softball player. And the fall of my freshman year, I I got to just get on my grades and, you know, figure out school, figure out this new chapter for me. And I'm glad that um, I went into school with this because of course, of course I was practicing basketball and I was practicing softball. Like I said, I played AAU basketball for a little bit that went into the summer and a little bit of fall. And obviously winter was basketball and softball was spring. So I was still training. I was still practicing with my teams, especially my travel teams, during that time, I just wasn't competing, um, which I thought was important for me. So after all of that local travel, that was about the transition as well, where I moved from the average travel. (laughs) When I say local travel, I mean like we're not traveling that far. We don't go like two states over. We're pretty local for the most part. Uh, but we we did a couple tournaments in Colorado t- just because that was the first time we were introduced to showcases, but we didn't really travel a whole lot. And when we did, it was like a massive vacation that we had planned. But around, you know, halfway through my freshman year, kind of probably around the time where I made varsity as a freshman in high school in softball, um, was the time where I was like, you know what? I'm better at this sport than I am basketball. And I think I could be really great at it. I specifically had a high school teammate who she committed to play in college. And even though she was better than me, I thought it was kind of one of those things that I could definitely shoot for. She was a little better than I was. And I was like, I want that though. Like I want to play college softball. I'm going to follow in her footsteps. So that was about the time that I made that decision. 
And around that decision came leaving my local travel ball team that I loved dearly. I loved every single one of my teammates. There was barely any turnover on that team. It was not a personal thing. And I know my team was disappointed when I left. Um, I think the team actually ended up folding because a lot of us left um, to go try out for elite travel teams that would travel much further and against better opponents. Um, But I left and I started playing for this elite travel team called the Indiana Magic Gold. Shout out to all of you. Um, The program is much larger now. It was way smaller when I played in it. So like when we had one 16 team, that was just it. But now there's many. Um, but we were we were the best of the best near the state of Indiana. And I'm so glad I made that move. It was very challenging. It was a very t- tough and demanding tryout. But I'm really glad I made that move because that allowed me to get seen by coaches, go to uh, get invited to camps that they have and going to those camps, seeing what was out there, who was out there, who was I competing against for positions for these college teams. And really, frankly, the biggest thing was probably being able to hit against some of the best pitching in the in the country, which I attest to that being why I started my freshman year once I got to college was because I was ready. Um, I spent three years, three seasons, you know, hitting against the best, which made me so much better. As hard as it was, um, as I as eye opening as it was, it was it was some of the best things and decisions that my family had made made there. So from camps started visits. So I didn't go on many visits. I only had a few offers from schools, probably because I did start um, deciding I wanted to play in college a bit later. And I'm the firstborn. We didn't exactly know what to do. So, you know, like I said, every journey is different. I don't want to say I want to go back and change it because I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't have done the things that I did if my journey was otherwise. It happened any other way. And it was all a learning opportunity. Um, but with that came you know, a few visits. And then that's where I decided I was going to play collegiately at Purdue University. And that in itself was one of the coolest, best experiences, toughest as well experiences of my entire life. It was a struggle from the very beginning to the very end, but it was one of those that I felt so great about once I left because I became a much stronger, confident woman leaving Purdue University, having gone through two different coaching staffs, two head coaches, many assistants, and some of them I've had on the podcast that are now, you know, assistants in other programs like JT Gasso, who is on the podcast. He was my first ever interview here, Oklahoma's hitting coach. So if you haven't listened to that one, it it was a long time ago when it happened. You can get to know a little bit of how he coaches, but let's get back on the road here. That experience definitely made me a stronger human. And through that experience, I learned that my work ethic that my parents helped instill in me of, hey, your job is to become as good as you possibly can at the things that you pursue. I happened to have a lights out senior year of college and got drafted to play professionally for the Dallas Charge. And um, with that, that was our inaugural season. A lot of ups and downs there. Um, I have an entire episode um, about how that was some of the toughest moments of my life. I likely experienced a bit of depression for the first time because I lost my identity a bit around the game. If you want to listen to that, I will tag it in the show notes. But it was a tough time for me. Um, but through that professional experience, I gained so many friends. 
so many connections, and I got to really see what I was made of um, and finally ended my professional career on a high note, like finally realizing and acknowledging who I was and playing my game again. Um, it definitely, definitely made me a tougher human. And then after that, the rest is history. I started coaching, and now I here I am literally leading on a, leading a podcast, um, enjoying every minute coaching, but I don't want to get into all that stuff. I wanted to strictly talk about the, the playing journey that I had so that hopefully it can help you understand what your journey is and the legacy that you want to leave. And you don't have to think about legacy if you're 12 years old, but if you want to make any sort of a statement in a game or in this game, your job is to become as great as you possibly can and do what you can with what you have, which is why I emphasize again, my journey is so different than my two other sisters' journeys. And that's because I'm the oldest. That's because we didn't know that much then. Dad and I were watching YouTube videos to try to figure out how to be a pitcher. As many of you know, I was not a pitcher after high school. But these are the types of things that we spent a lot of time on and I want you to start acknowledging where you are. Now, your journey might look a little bit like mine. Maybe you're a Midwest kid that you know wants to play at a big school and you're going to the camps, you're playing on the team that you need to be playing on if you wanna play at a certain level. But here's where I wanna break down why your journey needs to be personal to what you want. So I know many, many All-Americans and Olympians and professional players that didn't play on an elite travel team. So I mentioned I played on that team because I wanted to be a starter from day one, and that was a sacrifice my family was willing to make in order to get me ready for the biggest stage that I wanted to be on. But there are many players, like Morgan Zirkel is a prime example of a professional athlete that didn't play on an elite travel team. And she made it known on social media recently, but she is now playing professional softball. So just because you may not be on that elite team now, or if you if you maybe can't afford it, like that is a real topic. Like, I don't know how my parents ended up being able to afford the expenses of travel ball. It is not an easy feat whatsoever. The amount of sacrifices they've made for me, their time, their money, and so many other things. Not everybody has that privilege, and I know that. Um, but I do know that there are different ways to get to where you want to go. So Morgan Zirkle, maybe she dreamed of playing professionally, and this was her path. I don't know much about her personally. Maybe I should get her on the podcast to learn more. But she's just a kid that wanted it and grinded and did what she needed to do. And now she's one of the best players in the country. So it's pretty sweet to learn stories like that one. I know amazing athletes that didn't play in a power five school. Okay. I wanted to play power five. I wanted to find a way to do that. But Sam Fisher, she was episode nine of this podcast. She talked about her journey. She played at LMU. They are not a power five conference. They are a great school. She did well academically. She was able to focus and be a starter and be elite for four years at her university. And her, that allowed her to become drafted and play for Team USA for a bit and is now one of the biggest faces in our game. Her journey was much different than Morgan's journey. Morgan's journey was much different than my journey. 
You have to know that your journey is yours and stop comparing yours to other people. You are wasting your energy by putting all of your energy into things that you have no control of. Your journey is not meant to be just like Sam's. It's not meant to be just like mine. You can learn from other people's journeys. Please learn from other people's journeys. I, like I said, wanted to walk in the footsteps of my teammate, Andrea, who was going to go play at a Power 5 school. That is what I wanted. Therefore, I was going to learn from her. But that doesn't mean I was going to do exactly what she did. I needed to do what was best for me and my family. I also had a teammate in college who only played softball. I probably had many, but I know of one specifically, Danielle Fletcher, one of our catchers who I've definitely talked about on the podcast before. She only played softball. She didn't want to play any other sports. And she was one of our best players on the team. And I know I always talk about why you should be playing multiple sports. I think it's really great for athleticism. You know, having the strength and conditioning background that I have, it is very good for your muscles to fire and use different ones for different sports. And I feel like basketball helped me with my power. Volleyball helped me with the same thing and agility. These are all things that I gained and made me a better softball player. But hey, Danielle figured it out. She was a catcher and she was a dang good catcher and she didn't want to play anything else. That's all she wanted and that's what she did. Now, did she play year round? I don't know the answer to that. I'm guessing no, because if you play something, one thing every week of the year, you're going to get burned out. She never got burnt out, which means she probably had a really good balance with her and her family of when she played, how she played, the sacrifices she made. She played on an elite travel team in California. She got her face out there. But like I said, every journey is different. That was Danielle's. So start thinking, if you haven't already, about what your journey wants to look like. Danielle is a California kid. I think Morgan is a Midwest kid. I'm a Midwest kid. Sam's a California kid. But do you see how all four of our scenarios are completely different? And we all got to the places we wanted to go. If you only take away one thing from this episode, make this be it. Your journey is going to look a lot different than everybody else's. Keep taking steps. Keep taking steps. One at a time. Don't try to leap to where you want to go. Take one step at a time. I was able to help my sisters maybe jog a few times based on my experience. And if you are doing that for your siblings, shout out to you. If you have a roadmap to go off of, definitely look for it and find it. But understand this is yours to own. Here's my small attempt on singing. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Yes, it is around the holidays if you are listening to this in December, but this also means that virtual hitting academy doors are about to open again, and I have to talk about it now because I'm just so dang excited. If you don't know what virtual hitting academy is, let me give you a brief rundown. You can get more of this on my website, but essentially... It is a one-stop shop if you want to become an elite hitter. You can learn in live trainings every single week how to enhance your swing and your mental game. You also have access to live monthly coaching from guest speakers. We've had guest speakers like Monica Abbott, Aubrey Monroe, 
Hannah Huseman, who's working in the MLB right now with Mental Game. Sue Inquist has talked to her parents. This is my pride and joy. It is something that I developed during COVID. Actually, I developed it before COVID, but we've really enhanced it during COVID because we realized what do athletes need? Athletes need to have the tools at their fingertips. And these are all of them. If you want to become a great hitter, we talk about mental game. We talk about hitting and how to become more confident. You even get access to my 14-day confidence course simply just by being a member of VHA. Now, doors don't open again until January 1st, but if you want access to some freebies, behind-the-scenes action, some even discounts, and early access to be able to become a member, there is no obligation to just join my waitlist. So you can head to www.ashleybtraining.com waitlist or head to the link in the show notes to join the waitlist and get a hold of some of these freebies starting as early as next week. I'm so excited to see who wants to become a member of VHA, and I would hate for you to miss an opportunity to enhance your physical and mental game this first half of the year, because this is a crucial time of the year where you are preparing for your spring seasons and you need to be on your A game. So head to www.ashleybtraining.com slash waitlist to be able to be on the waitlist and get access to this before anybody else does. And again, there's no obligation to be on the waitlist. I cannot wait to see who's ready to take their game to the next level this January. All right, let's head back to the episode. I'm going to go back a little bit on my Midwest pride. All right, so I'm Indiana girl, born and raised, um, and it's cold here. Currently, it's very cold here. We get a lot of snow. Um, Our seasons have to start later in the spring. Our seasons have to be cut shorter in the fall. So I get it. Like the odds are not in our favor. Okay. You Midwest people, you get it. You understand it. It's cold for a long period of time, but that doesn't mean your work should change. And what I mean is the work, not how you do the work, but the work itself. We need to stop giving ourselves all these excuses. Oh, it's cold outside. Oh, I don't have a place to train. Well, There are places to train. We found a way. My dad happened to be the athletic director for my grade school. I think one of the main reasons why he wanted to be an athletic director was to help me and my sisters be able to practice. So at 9 p.m., after some basketball practices were over, we'd hop in the gym. It was empty. My dad knew the schedule. He always knew the schedule of that gym. We were able to take advantage. (laughs) There's Arnold. After he was not the athletic director, I was in college and still needed places to train when I came home from school. Dad knew a friend who had a barn who had a tiny little space in that barn to hit. We used it. (laughs) We used it. We found a way. And you find a way for things that you want most. And I'll get to priorities later to help you kind of navigate those. You'll find a way. I never stopped going to lessons. That's the thing. Lessons were expensive. Lessons maybe aren't for everyone. I know all Americans that never had a lesson in their life. I needed I needed a hitting coach. I needed to stand out in the box. We found a coach that was going to help me with my swing, and I went to lessons all year long. And every week, we would go home. We'd work on the things that we worked on in the lesson, and then we'd go back next week. That was our system. 
That was our routine. You got to find a way for the things that you want most. Lastly, I'll talk about strength and conditioning. I didn't start taking strength and conditioning seriously until my junior year of high school. There was an elite center called AWP, Athletes with Purpose. Um, I don't know if it exists anymore. It might have a different name now in Fort Wayne. Uh, But I got to train with football players, basketball players, other softball players going off to play in college in the area. And yes, that's another expense. It wasn't free. But being able to gain the knowledge that I did about how to sprint well, how to lift weights, how to move my body well, how to carry heavy things, which allowed me to have more power and strength in the box and beyond. I took that very seriously. And we used that and we did that in the off season. My dad literally told me the other day, I asked him, you know, if if you can only work on one thing in the off season, what do you think it should be? And he said, mobility and strength and conditioning. Know how to move your body. So that's huge. And we took that seriously. And honestly, going into my freshman year of college, I'm so glad I took those two years of working on myself and my strength because I was able to excel even more in the weight room once I got to college, which helped my game and my performance even more. So Midwest people, you have access to these things. Most of you have access to these things. Lessons. I literally, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but I started Virtual Hitting Academy specifically for the athlete who might not have some of these resources where they live. If you don't have access to an elite hitting coach teaching you how to properly move and the mechanics of the swing, you can do one-on-ones with me there. But I'm not the only one out there. (laughs) There are many others that are doing virtual hitting. There are many others doing weekly workshops, working on mental game. I haven't even talked about mental game, y'all. And that is like one of the biggest things we do in Virtual Hitting Academy. These are things that you can do. I don't care where you live in the country. There is access to these things. And yes, I'm sorry, they're not all free. Time is valuable, but there are resources out there. There are even a lot of free resources out there. You just have to navigate a little bit more and maybe do a little bit of homework on it. But there are free resources that can help you get to where you want to go. This podcast is one of them. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Um, But there are many other podcasts out there. There are many other coaches out there putting out free content on YouTube. A lot of the stuff that I used before we started investing a lot into sports was free, like YouTube. Podcasts weren't a thing then. We had CDs. We had local experiences, like somebody would come in and talk to our school or our team. That's huge. That is huge. I learned so much then. Now, the only thing I'm, I'm going to say about other sports, because as, as I told you, I played many. When I was playing basketball, like fifth, sixth, seventh, and maybe a little bit of eighth, when I was in basketball season, basketball was my number one priority. I hit a little bit, like when I wanted to, but again, I didn't have the goal of playing D1 yet. And I also spent my extra time working on my basketball game because I wanted to get better at that too. Same thing with volleyball. When I was in volleyball season, it was volleyball season. I focused on volleyball and I loved that. I loved hanging out with my volleyball teammates. I loved training on my serves because they were really bad at first. I literally threw like a knuckleball that would hit the back wall. I had to work on my serve. I had to work on my hitting, my setting, like all of these different skills. Like I spent my extra time working on that to be a good volleyball player. I wasn't really spending much time in the cage then. 
And I think that no, if you want to be great at anything, which you should, you should want that. If you sign up for a sport, you should be want to be great at it, not just play it to play. It's the fun in that. It's going to require extra effort to be good at that. And I know this is a softball podcast, but try to figure out what it is that you want to do and what you want to be good at. When I was younger, I just wanted to be a good athlete and I wanted to be good at the sports that I played. I, I did not make varsity as a freshman in basketball. I made the freshman team in basketball. You think I liked that? Heck no. I worked my tail off to try to make JV. And then I skipped JV and the next year I played varsity. That didn't happen because I hit after every single practice. No, that happened because I worked on my game. And I wanted to show the coaches that I was worthy of being on that varsity team. Again, I'm sharing my story. Yours might look a little different. Now, we'll end with this one. Priorities. Your priorities will determine your training. Your priorities will determine your training. Here's a stat for you. 8% of athletes in softball play collegiately. They go on and they play collegiately. 1% go to a D1 school. 1%. If you are not training like the 1%, don't expect to be there. Do I need to say it again? Probably not. It's, it's a different commitment. To play at a D1 school, softball is your job. Same with a lot of D2s and D3s, by the way. Softball is your job. It is a not, not even a 9 to 5. It's like a 5.30 to like a 7 some days. <laughs> Throw in a couple classes and some tutoring. It is a full-time job to be a D1 softball player. I can only speak D1 because that's where I went. You D2, D3 people out there, I would love for you to show up in my inboxes and tell me a little bit about your experience too. And if you know people that I can get on the podcast, I would love to have them on. But each one of those levels requires a different amount of discipline and training. But you have to know what your priorities are and why you want the thing. I wanted to be D1 because I saw those people on TV and I said, I can do that. Some people become D1 because they want to go compete for a national championship. I chose to play at Purdue because I knew I had an opportunity to create a culture there and make an immediate impact there, which I did. You have to know your why. If you don't know your why, you're in the wrong game. What else matters in your priorities? Your grades should be a priority. If you want to like slack off at school, don't expect to go play at a D1 school, even D2. Most D3s and JUCOs still, like same thing. You're not going to stand out by having poor grades. The lowest GPA you can have to play D1 sports is a 2.3. A 2.3, that's barely anything. Okay, You have to almost try to do worse than that. But if you have a 2.3 grade point average and another kid who you're competing against going to college has a 4.0, who's going to get that spot? If you do well in school, that tells coaches that you have discipline in other areas of your life. They're not recruiting the athlete. They are recruiting the whole person. Do you want the spot? Then take your grade seriously. Do you want to be a starter from the beginning? This is a huge one, guys. A lot of people go D1 just to say they went D1, and they don't play till their senior year. And maybe that's what they want. Maybe they want to be a bench player for three years and work their way up. Maybe. That was not me. That was not in my DNA. I had to work my butt off to be a starter my freshman year, but I had a better chance starting at Purdue than I would have Alabama. 
They ended up playing Alabama and doing well against Alabama because I loved being the underdog. That's, that's just me, though. That's just me, guys. I'm not trying to make you like me whatsoever. Now, if you vibe with that and you're like, yeah, that's kind of like me too, then don't go to a Florida that literally tells you you will not play for at least two years. Don't do it. But if you are that elite and that ready and you know that you can work to make an immediate impact at those, one of those D1 schools, then do that. That just wasn't for me. I know people that go to a Florida or an Oklahoma and they play their freshman year because they're dang good and they have worked their tails off and sacrificed more and yada, 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 and they start. That is for some people, and that could be you. Do not try to be like me. This is the fourth time I've said it. Do not try to be like me because I'm just sharing my story right now. Remember, this is about knowing your journey and creating your perfect cutout of your journey, not somebody else's. Mine looks funky compared to other people's, okay? So realize what your priorities are. If you don't know what your priorities are, spend five minutes doing it today. Do it now. Don't do it tomorrow. You're not going to remember to do it tomorrow. Do it now. Parents, if you're listening and your athlete's not, tell them, show them this episode or, or have a conversation. Like, what are your priorities? Because the more clear you are in your priorities, the more clear the path, my friends. You don't want a bunch of donkeys and horses on your path that you have to navigate around. I don't know why I just said donkeys. I have no idea. But you don't want that. You want a clear path. And these conversations are important to do that. Find out your priorities. Lastly, this is your journey. And I'm going to say it again. This is not anybody else's. Parents, your job is to help your kid find out what their journey is and help them along theirs. That's why you're listening to this podcast. You're awesome like that. Athletes own this. Right now, it's off-season. It's a perfect time to measure what you want and what you're willing to sacrifice to get there. It's time. Take the time right now. You might be done with school in a few days. This is the perfect time to just think about it. Start with the thought and then get it down on paper. Parents, you can do the same thing with your athlete. Athlete, own this. This is a really cool time of your life where you get to decide where you want to be in the future. Go dominate it. You're not going to get there by chance. You're awesome. And the goals that you have for yourself, they require you to dig in and figure out what priorities you have and your values that you have and what you are willing to do to get there. Happy off-season, everyone. I hope you loved this episode. Like, to my core, if you can't tell I'm passionate about this stuff, you can obviously tell. I don't want you to have the cookie-cutter journey. I want you to have your journey. The fumbles, the great things, the amazing things, all of those are part of your journey, and it's beautiful. It's time to start owning that. And now's the time to do it. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with one friend. That's all I ask, one friend. Somebody that you thought of that you know maybe has some goals, similar to yours, different than yours, whatever. If anybody's been doubting themselves in their own journey, send them this. I made this for them. 
You're all incredible. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. If you enjoy these, please go rate us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Go give us a review. If you want to write us a review, it helps us gain traction and be able to hit the goals I want to have for podcasting. But this podcast would not be where it is without you. And I just want to thank you for that right now. All right, friends, don't forget to stay awkward, stay humble, keep smiling, and keep working your tail off for those huge goals of yours. They really are right around the corner. You're so great. Good luck. Thank you.